Hey everybody, it's the Tea in the Porch Show. And this is Mike. And today is April 6th or 7th or something like that, 2018. Tea in a Porch Show, where we talk about non-duality. And one presence appearing is everything. That's how that goes. Huh. How are you? How's your week going? How is everything? That is the question. Has everything been okay? No matter what appears and shows up, your true essence is never touched. Just know that at all times. Drama can come, drama can go, things can happen. But your true essence is never done. It's never, never touched. It's never touched. It's a beautiful thing. So hopefully your week has gone well. I'm sorry, I'm drinking a smoothie while I'm talking. This is like very rude to do, but this is one of the best smoothies I've ever made. Mm. So I might be sipping that as I speak a little bit. Maybe I should change the name of the show to... Smoothie on the porch. <laughs> anyway, um, so hopefully your week has gone well. I went to a concert on Thursday night. And um, it was an interesting, interesting concert. Because I saw three forms of energy take place there. Now, when I, when I say three forms of energy, I'm talking about the different bands that, that played. So I'm going to speak about them a little bit. Let me see if I can look them up so I know their names. That might actually help a little bit. That makes it more fun, right? So the concert I went to was the WTMD uh, First Thursday concert down in Baltimore. And these are free concerts that the radio station puts on. And um, what they do is they... they take the whole area and they just open it up by the water and they have these bands that play and it's free 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 okay yeah so here we go so on the third which was thursday we went and saw them i took my daughter so that makes today the fifth i'm sorry i think i said today was the sixth today is um may 5th may 5th I think I said it was actually April, too, didn't I? Well, I'm really out of it. <laughs> Christ. Well, that's what happens. Sometimes you have to look at the calendar and figure out what damn month it is. Last month went by super fast. Way too fast. Too fast for me. And one minute I'm thinking, you know, i got to pay my bills, and then it's the end of the month, and i got to pay my rent again. So... So, so I go to this concert on Thursday. They have three bands. Each band that played was a different form of energy. Um, the first band was called Loma, L-O-M-A. You can look them up on YouTube. They have a really pretty sound. They came out very quietly. 
uh, their um, guitarist was sitting down, their bass player was seated, keyboard player seated, obviously, lead singer standing up in front, this young girl singing, and then the drummer who played, he played drums really differently. He used his, he didn't cross over, he used his hands just entirely differently. He had all kinds of brushes and different um, things he was using on his hand, using his hands on the, on the snare drum. Their sound was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like this. I got my guitar here, so I'll play a little bit. this sound like this and they started off with the sound of birds they got this real cool cool mellow groove going and they just got locked into that groove the way they sounded and it's almost like they captured presence and just played from it like they could feel the mellowness of everybody in the crowd and just played to the space between their heartbeats that's the way their music was it was very beautiful I, I wanted to get their CD but they they kind of cut out pretty quickly I went back later to find it and they weren't there so they must have grabbed their gear and went which I didn't blame them they seemed like they were very just kind of like moving, a moving group, a beautiful group. The second band that came out, they were called um, Low Cut Connie. And they had a sound like this. They kind of had this. song they had had this like little catch beat little like hook they took the crowd they absolutely took the crowd the lead singer had an old-fashioned piano he was standing on this piano he was putting his feet on the piano he was jumping off the piano at one point he jumped off the stage ran across the little uh, VIP section hopped the fence over there and went out into the main crowd and started hugging all kinds of people just giving big hugs to everyone that was amazing. They absolutely just took the entire energy of the crowd. Their energy was almost like the uh, beautiful enlightenment after you come down the mountain. You just want to hug everyone and just explode in an incredible dance. <clears throat> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So the first band, Loma, was like this, the very quiet top of the mountain. The second band captured the audience. Maybe the first band helped them do that, I don't know. But they, they came out and they captured the audience. After they played, they got a standing ovation. People were crazy. Then the third band came up. <laughs> the third band was called Belly, and they were kept being advertised as the band, the band, the band. It was two girls, an older guy, and a drummer. Um, and they... They bit the dust. I'm sorry. They just, um, first thing they did was they came out, and the very first thing the bass player said was about how um, horrible and mean the bass player from Low Cut County was. And she insulted the other bass player, which, as a musician, you never insult anybody. You especially don't do it up on stage. 
The next thing they did was she then talked about how the uh, the, the other band, Lokai Kani, was probably doing cocaine off of uh, the breasts of women in the back room. At this point, the, the lead singer for the other band came out and like stood on the edge of the stage and put his arms out and gave them a big hug like he loved them, which I thought was the coolest way to handle that. Um, kudos to him. Um, then they went and they started playing their music. Now their music sounded like this. It didn't. It didn't have a. Uh, it just didn't have much to it. It was just kind of like. Uh, that's all. It just wasn't not much going on there. It just kind of had that sound to it. It just was nothing you could really put your hang your hat on. Um, their energy was pure ego. Now, when you look directly at the ego, it's really not ever there. Its ego is just something that's just an idea or a thought. But if there, you could call an energy something that is light and not connected with any soul, that would be the ego. And so that's kind of what we had with them. Um, I watched them for about three songs, and then I looked at my daughter and said, uh, Are you ready to go? And she said, Yep. Uh, she was disappointed also. So it was an interesting to watch that. Um, artists usually play music to express who they are. And I found that with the first two bands. The first band was just expressing their, their state of presence. It was beautiful. The second band was, ex was expressing their state of just love and joy for everyone. The third band was, I think they got lost in the, the ego of being the, the opening, being the, you know, the headlining band. And they were also threatened by the second band because the, the other guitarist said, you know, he said, he got in the microphone, he said, well, you don't ever do this. He goes, don't ever follow um, kids when you're playing or follow animals, cute animals, or ever follow Low Cut Connie because they're just too good. <laughs> so... That's, that's what happened with that night, watching those um, different bands. Now, a different time, a different place. That belly band probably sounds a lot better um, in a different situation. I don't know. But I found that it was, um, it was kind of interesting. Um, so, but we had a good time doing that. So today's show, um, I want to go over a, a couple of things. I... I I did some new writings on my uh, Facebook page. So what I do is I go on my True You page. Um, that's on my web page. You can get to this. And the True You page is really it's like my little diary. I wake up in the morning and I, I have these ideas and thoughts about life. And then what I do is I'll just write them down. And later on I'll go back to them. So I have this one that I wrote. I'm going to go over this. This is, um, it's about words that we use, and it's about words that explain who we are. So, there's the word, there's two words that we use a lot, and when we use these words, these words represent um, a, an illusion of a finite version of us, and that's not what we are. So these, these words are the two words, the words I and the words you. So there's a lot of individuals that are seeking 
They're seeking non-duality. They're seeking oneness. And they're saying, I, I am trying to find oneness. I want to get to it. Um, or how, how can you do this? How, what, where are you with this? So, so this is I and this you. So you have space. And, and in order for space to know and feel like there's a separation from one space to another, these words I and you are there. They also are described to help us um, understand different forms of energy to come to us, that come to us. So for instance, anger. Anger will come along. So you just can't say, um, anger is here. Because then somebody listening would think, well, then everybody in the room is going to be angry. <laughs> it's, so you'll say, I am angry. Or you are angry. So these, these come up. Now, at a young age, we were born just feeling presence. There's just presence. And then suddenly, the word I came along, and the word I was then attached to the feeling of presence, and then to describe it as something separate. So this is what I wrote. I wrote the word I and the word you. These words are used a lot. I am running. I am working. You are here. You are there. They at first describe and paint the picture of things being separate, somehow organized, and at some point as a child, we look at this feeling of just being, and we name it I. And from there, it's spun out into a separate form, life of its own. Our heads got heavy with worry. I am worried. I have to do this. I have to fix this. I have to get that. And then we spend our whole life trying to get to that other place to fix something, to get to, to a place of happiness. When in truth, every place is presence. Every place is Everything that you see and know is presence appearing. You go into a you go into a bar and there's a hundred people there eating chicken wings and drinking beer and watching football and having fun. And some of them might be arguing over different things, things that they need, points that they want to make. However, within each other they all have one relationship. So I walk into a bar, I see one presence patterning as everyone there. One presence is appearing as everyone. That's all there is. And people come up with different ideas of like, I don't like the way you look, or I, I like this, or I'm angry, or I'm happy, or I'm, or I'm sad. Or we have different, and then we have these different energies that come through there. Those are like the little ripples and patterns that, that move through, but they never touch the grand presence that appears as everyone. And you'll have some that are happy, that are sad, that are emotional, and some that are very lost, very lost and sort of veiled out away from, they're veiled out away from their presence. They're very lost in this belief of a separate I. They're lost in a belief of a separate you. And that causes problems. That's why we have everything as it is now. There's this complete separateness that takes place. Um, how do they then get away from this, this, this I, you feeling of feeling separate? I think it's about redefining the word I and you. The word I is, can be seen as presence, I. So if you use a simple phrase, who am I? Okay, now you're looking at I. So let's take a look at I. Who am I? 
And if you ask that question, at first you might get an answer like, oh, well, I'm Bob and I write comic books for a living. Well, that's not truly who you are, because if I take you, Bob, the comic book writer, and I put you on the beach for four hours straight, and you sit there with the wind and the surf and the sand, and then I ask you after four hours, who are you? You will not say, I'm Bob, the comic book writer. You'll probably say, I, I am. I just, I am all of this. I am the, the, the sound of this bird. I'm the, I'm the place where the sound of the sea goes. And if I say, who are you? You. And you would also answer, well, I am. I just am. So this is what we're born into and where we die to is the I am. So why can't we find it now in the middle of the, in the middle of the lifespan? You can. And if you can, then you can, then life will shift and it'll move easily for you. It'll move much better. Things will take place a lot easier because there will be a seeing of peace. You won't have this need to try to control and things like that. I have another story for you. So I go into um, play this gig, this music gig, and um, I pull into this parking lot, and in the parking lot has another smaller parking lot in the corner where you can just go um, get into this, take a left into this parking lot and park there. However, there's a do not enter sign at the entrance to the parking lot. So the way to get to the parking lot is actually you go around a little further, go up the street to the left, and you come around that way because it's a one-way street, and then you end up at the parking lot. Well, I didn't feel like doing that. So I pulled in for, you know, it's a good 30-foot movement against, you know, the do not enter sign. Nobody's ever there, so I parked there. And lo and behold, this lady comes walking out with her high heels, her clipboard, her business dress, her little business glasses, and her hair done, and she says, I am the CEO of this company, and you just came in the wrong way on that parking lot, and I want you to know that um, this is not, you're not supposed to be doing that. So she's knocking on my window of my car. I then rolled down my window, and I looked at her, and I said, what? And she repeated it. And in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking of a hundred different things to say, and which most of them would probably make her jaw drop. But I didn't. I didn't. I just gave her the silence. The silence that kind of said all of those things that I wanted to say. And she looked at me and she said, you know, people have been hit in this parking lot. And I just responded and said, I've never hit anyone. And then she finally said, well, Please be aware of the sign. And then she walked away. When she walked away, I was angered. There was lots of anger going through me. And I think the anger was more about her portraying herself as such a limited person that she felt like she had to control every single thing. I mean, me going the wrong way in a parking lot really was not worth her coming all the way out of her office as the CEO of a company to yell at me about that, which means that she's living in this complete dynamic of trying to control everything. As she tries to control everything, that's her only way to have happiness is to control everything. Um, this is pain and suffering. This is hell. That's not truly living, if you ask me.
anyone that's doing that, doing that is not living. Um, they're living to eventually get to a place to have the peace. So it's rather sad. It's rather sad. So it's about it's about letting go. You know, it's really so someone like her would have to eventually get to a point where so many things just aren't working anymore that she just lets go. And maybe she'll find it somewhere else. Um, it'll happen in some way. Um, or, I don't know. I don't know her. I mean, that was a small interaction. She could be aware and enlightened already. It doesn't matter. But um, I'm sensing that she wasn't. And she may not find it until her last breath before she dies. And that's usually what the, the aha is that takes place there. But I found it quite interesting. So here's a poem about letting go. I'm going to go over this poem here. This is from my Selling Nails on the Beach book. Um, to let go, you lose. So what do you lose when you let go? What do you actually lose? Okay, you lose your false illusion. You lose your thoughts of need to do. You lose your fears of death and loss. Uh, you lose your responsibility for making it happen. You lose your worries if you let go. You lose your time. You lose your identity. You lose your loneliness. You lose your pain. So let go and you lose all of these things. And then when you let go, what do you actually gain? You gain nothing. And everything. So does that make sense? All these things that we're trying to hold up, our name, our form, our relationships, um, our worries, our time, our identity, e even things such as loneliness, you're holding up loneliness. You're working to hold that up. You might be saying to people, I'm lonely. You're holding that up. You're putting light on that. Your pain, a lot of people hold on to their pain. That's who they are. Who are you? I'm pain. You ask them, how are you doing? Oh, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this pain, I've got that pain. So they are their pain. So if you let go of these things, if you let go of these things, then what do you have to hold on to that you can talk to somebody else about? Nothing. Nothing. You have nothing to hold up. You have no ego. You know, you're then, you're like the first band, you're just playing. And uh, maybe some people will watch. But that place of nothing and everything, just being there after you let go of everything, it's beautiful. It's beyond anything that you could ever get from getting all your stuff. You get all your shit together and you get all your stuff and you sit finally at the Bahama Beach Island. You still won't see it because you'll be looking for something else again. But this nothingness, it's right here now. It's what's here. And all it takes is just to let go and look into it. So when you let go, you lose everything that's not real. And what opens up is real. 
So how would you let go? You're saying, okay, that's good. How would I let go? Letting go goes back to the I and the you. And go back and ask that question, who am I? And feel an answer. What am I? Feel the answer. What is here? What is here now? What is here surrounding you now? And if there's people all around you, what are they? And if you're driving your car listening to this and you're driving through the streets, what is appearing before you and dissolving behind you? What is here? Look at trees, look at cars, look at roads. What is that? What are they? Beyond just a tree, they're more than just a tree. You can look at a tree and you can say it's a tree. At the same time, you can look at it and say, I sense a presence of energy. It's that energy as well. So the answer to that is both. You'll see the tree and the energy at the same time. They'll go back and forth and back and forth. They fluctuate. Same way if you're looking at your friend Johnny. You'll see Johnny and then you'll see presence. And you'll feel presence and you'll see Johnny. And it goes back and forth. This is what uh, I think Christ had talked about, the cross, the cross, heaven and earth together. It's beautiful. So the death of you is the letting go, the death of this illusion, this illusion of Mike, the I. It's renamed, reborn, and it comes back as just this. Just this. This is all there is. Just this. It's a beautiful place. All right, folks. Let's do some closing songs and our show. And uh, thanks for listening. It's kind of a mellow show today, but I wanted to get to a point. So if you have questions, write in to my, um, I guess there's a feed on here you can write into, or you can write on to my, my website and write to me there, and I'll put the questions on the next show. So that's it. Enjoy your afternoon, and hopefully you had a great week. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Goodbye.